there's absolutely zero question in my mind that we were all created to do something very, very specific. And it is not this gigantic mystery that a few lucky people in life stumble upon. It's there for all of us, and it's within us. This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 182. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I'm the founder of L3 Leadership. In this episode, you're going to get to hear part two of my interview with Ken Coleman. Ken is the host of the Ken Coleman Show and the top-rated Entree Leadership Podcast. He's also author of the book, One Question, and Ken specifically helps people grow their businesses, pursue their passions, and move toward a fulfilled purpose. In part two of all of my interviews, it's traditionally my lightning round interview, and we did go through our lightning round questions with Ken. However, at the end of the interview, I asked Ken for some feedback on an issue that I'm having when I interview leaders, and his feedback was so good that I included it on the, this episode for your benefit. I think that you'll really uh, learn a lot from it, and I'm so grateful that he was willing to speak into my life. In addition to the feedback, you'll also hear Ken share his favorite book, his favorite podcast, who is still on his bucket list for people to interview, and so much more. So you're going to love this episode. And if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to part one of our interview in episode 181. There's a ton of great content there as well. But before we dive into the interview with Ken, just a few announcements. First, I want to encourage you to become a member of L3 Leadership. Why? Because we believe that every leader needs a community of leaders around them that will encourage them, challenge them, and hold them accountable. And that's exactly what we provide here at L3 Leadership. When you become a member, you'll have the ability to join or launch one of our mastermind groups. You'll have access to our community of over 100 leaders, and you'll have access to the tools and resources you need to take your life and leadership to the next level. To learn more about membership, go to l3leadership.org forward slash membership. I also want to thank our sponsor, Alex Tulandon. Alex is a full-time realtor with Keller Williams Realty. And if you're looking to buy or sell a house in the Pittsburgh market, Alex is your guy. He's a member and a supporter of L3 Leadership, and he would love the opportunity to connect with you. You can connect with him and find out more at pittsburghpropertyshowcase.com. With that being said, let's dive right into the interview and join my conversation with Ken Coleman. And I'll be back at the end with a few announcements. Just want I want to dive into what I call the lightning round. Just a bunch of fun questions. Okay, a few lightning specific. round. I'm very nervous, Doug. I'm very nervous. No reason to be nervous. You'll be great at this. You'll love it. <laughs> um, a few questions, just because you've interviewed so many great leaders. I've asked you this last time, but uh, is there anyone still on your bucket list of people you want to interview in your life? Yeah, Tiger Woods, Oprah Winfrey, um, Richard Branson. Um, Michael Jordan. Um, hmm, I could go on and on and on. Are any of those uh, looking to be a reality in the next year or two? Yeah, I think Branson's going to happen. Awesome. I think Branson's going to happen. I've not tried for any of the others. You know, it's interesting. You know, but but those are the ones. Like, if I was going to sit down and go, that's like that's the cocktail party question, and I love it. Uh, and those are the people that I would most love to, to shape an interview with for sure because of uh, their stories. And, and I think I could do something different that hasn't been done. I love that. Uh, I'll tell you another Lance Armstrong. I'm close on Lance because I want to talk to somebody about redemption wow. and what it's like to keep coming back after the whole world thinks you're just the worst person on the planet. And I just, I, I dig stories like that. Wow. I, I look forward to all of those if they happen. So uh, question, I don't know if you knew Matt Keller, Next Level Church. Um, he's in Fort Myers, Florida. He interviewed Dave. I don't know when, but he's interviewed oh, you Matt. too. Yeah, you were on the Matt. podcast. Yeah, I was on his thing. Yeah, yeah. So he gave me great feedback on interviewing people once. He said, 
And he said, hey, so you have so many questions and sometimes you're so focused on getting to the next question that it sounds like you're not really listening to the speaker and you miss opportunities to go deeper. Mm -hmm. I find that personally when I'm interviewing people, one, that is true. So that was great feedback, but I'm horrible at the in-between transitions. I usually say like, oh, that's great. Next. I mean, I don't know how much you paid attention in our interview. Mm -hmm. How, how do you handle transitions uh, to next questions or next thoughts? Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like I'm horrible at that. Well, um, do you listen to me uh, on Entree Podcast or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Just go back and and next time you listen, uh, give a listen. Not maybe for the content, but listen to how I talk in between questions. So that's the best way for me to answer your question is sure. actually like pay attention to how I do it. But how I do it is I'm always tying in the answer. If it's a follow up question, if it's a follow up question, then I tie in the answer they just gave to what I'm about to do. So the bridge goes from, okay, I'm trying to think how I would say it. Okay. I would say something like this. Okay. I want to stay here for a moment. You just said this. And so I kind of quickly take the listener back into the moment that, that they just heard. And then I bridge into the follow-up question. So it's real smooth. It's just kind of this boom, 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 boom. It's, it's seamless. Okay. I want to stay here. Here's why I want to stay here. You just said this and then boom, here's the follow-up question. When there's not a follow-up question and you're moving on to the next thing, it's just as simple as moving right into the question. You don't have to say, Oh, that's really good. Or, Oh, okay. I love that. And then, and then like reset. I notice you do that every time. Yeah. So, you know, it's not bad, but you asked me for feedback. Yeah. You no, got, I want it. Yeah. You got a crutch where you're just kind of going, okay, good. And I need to say something and now I'm going to reset. And I, I think if we went to lunch, you probably wouldn't be that way. Right. So you got to do an interview just like you would have a conversation. And, and part of that is you got to go back and listen and, and, and it's tough to do, but you got to listen to yourself. And then pause and go, okay, how could I have been more conversational there? So uh, for you, think about the listening experience. Like you don't have to say anything empty. You could just, I answer the question and you go, I want to move into boom, you know, or here's one thing, just ask the question. Like, you don't have, there is no rules for this. And I think what you have to do as the interviewer is say, how do I best fade away in the interview? Like, how do I disappear? Yeah. Um, I then, guess I feel so much pressure in that, you know, it's probably a 10th of a second that I'm yeah. like, I gotta, I gotta say, I have to say something. And, um, okay, so good. Let's focus on that for a second. So you really have you, that pressure you feel to say something is coming from a fear. What's your fear? Just call it out. What's your fear? That there'll be dead space or that I really don't know. I've never, nah, it's not dead space. That. It's not dead space. What's your fear? Tell the truth. I know what it is, but I want you to say, I, it. I really don't know. Can I mean, I think, no, I really think this is like, I can't, I think that feedback that Matt gave me is true, but I can't pinpoint that. Yeah. So your fear that where you feel this pressure to say something real quick. So there's another, your fear is that your guest is going to think that you're something that you, you know, that you're, you're worried about the guest. That's what you're worried about. You're not worried about the audience because the audience is not getting this till after the fact. And you know you can edit and all that. You're afraid of something. I don't I don't know what specifically it is, but you're afraid that whoever the guest is is gonna think he's not paying attention to me, he didn't like my answer, this guy's not polite. 
And, and that's because your brain's wrapped up into, you're still nervous talking to people like whoever. You shouldn't be nervous sure. talking to me, that's for sure. But yeah. the point is, is that that's what's going on in your head. No, that, you got to own really, that. That's what yeah. you're afraid. You're afraid of something. Just call it out. Yeah. And that's what you're afraid of. So then you go, how do you, how do you get past a fear? You shine the light of truth on the fear. So do you have to say something, little, some little thing that's completely worthless to connect with your guest? No. No. That's, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, man. Something. Absolutely. I get it. I've been there. Yeah. Listen, at some point, you get to a place where you go, hey, I'm shaping this conversation, and your guest will always respond to your confidence. Yeah. I think I'm getting there. I think for me, I'm so, again, kind of what Matt said, I'm so dependent on the question and the format that I have together. And I rely, my confidence is in that, in the yeah. question. And so when, when I don't have a question, oh, the insecurities pop up. What if I go somewhere dumb or what if? Yeah. Well, I got your so. questions right here. And so this is a great little outline for you, but this, all this is, is this gives you freedom to actually listen to me and riff. Cause if your nerves hit you and you go, Oh crap, what's my next question? It's right here. <laughs> this. Yeah. How about just listening and going, Oh, what do I think my audience liked out of that answer? Is there something that I think I should follow up there? Did I learn something? Let me tell you my great, by the way, this was one of your questions you didn't ask me and I thought it was your best question. And this actually, <laughs> you want me to ask you right now? I'll throw it in. Well, I didn't, you were going to ask me for tips, but I'm going to tell you, uh, you said, what is the best feedback you've given or received when it comes to interviewing and the best feedback I have ever received and I've had it from a lot of people. And Matt Keller was one of them. Hmm. Mega church pastor that you were just telling me about. But I've gotten this one a lot. And it's my favorite one. And it means the most to me. And it was this, that listeners can tell I'm learning alongside of them. Wow. Now, how do you think they feel that? They know. They, yeah. they just feel it. They can sense that I'm... So the reason is because I'm not asking the next question on the sheet of paper. I'm diving into their answer... I'm wrestling with it. I'm adding a little insight to it. You've heard me do this a hundred times. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even ask a question before I go, yeah, I wrote a couple of things down there. And I do in the entree studio. I'm, I'm writing stuff down and I'll say, I wrote these two things down. Is that right? And I'll put myself out there in a vulnerable position knowing they could go, well, no, who gives yeah. a crap? Right. Cause it's not about me. It's, 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 I'm, I'm jiving. I'm hanging. I'm having a conversation with somebody who's really, really smart and I'm supposed to be learning so that the audience can learn. So that's what's going on. And so so you, and is your typical list of questions short? I mean, you tend to stick in like the, Hey, here's five questions that I at least want to get to, but I'm just going to see where the conversation goes. Or are you like, like me and have three pages? No, I don't do three pages anymore, but I, I used to. And I think what you're doing is good. Um, but, I'm I'm at a point now where I go in and I have an idea of three to five max because I don't need them anymore because I'm 50% of the interviews that I'm doing these days are completely extemporaneous because, hmm. and I'm just going to tell you, it's confidence. I'm at a point where I know I can listen and the best stuff is probably going to come from what they actually said to me. And I, and I figure out a way to keep diving deeper on it and let's go deep down. You know, I'm just drilling so that, that comes after a lot of years. I mean, I would tell you um, uh, thousands of interviews at this point. I don't know if it's thousands. I'd I'm say sure 1,500. Yeah. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I don't want to say thousands, but a lot. 
and 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 then multiply the hours to that in preparation plus performing the interview. So you get to a point where I'm so just chilling and having fun with it and I'm confident to be able to listen. And so I don't need a question written. By the way, I don't write my questions out anymore. Hmm. Even when I did like the Hershevik yeah. summit interview and the guy was like, Oh my gosh, Ken, you're, who are you? And you're incredible. And he kept saying it and the audience is laughing. And uh, I have a, an iPad up there that has four things written on it. They were just four topics. Like it kind of knew I wanted to cover this and I knew that there were probably two of the things I'd cover on that topic. But, but again, I'm formulating the question right on the spot because I'm just looking at this guy. And to be honest with you, my pulse rate is so low that I really am not worried about the audience. The audience is like fun for me and it's exciting, but that comes with experience. It's not that it's not a talent issue. That's just a confidence issue. Yeah. So it's like McKinsey sitting here. I'm sitting with her. And if I'm talking to her about something, I'm not like looking at a sheet of paper to ask her a question. <laughs> I look at her in the eye and I ask her a question. Yeah. She gives me a response. And if she answered it, then I go, okay. And if it triggered another question, I ask her another question. I'm not trying to be obnoxious with this, no. but that's how an interview should go. Just like you would have a conversation with somebody. So is that helpful? Oh, so helpful. So, so yeah. What is one belief or behavior that's changed your life? That God loves me, that he created me, and he has absolutely something specific that he wants me to do. Love it. If you had to write something on a billboard for everyone to read, what would it say? You matter and you've got what it takes. That's how I close every radio show, by the way. Um, that's a phenomenal. What is the best purchase you've made in the last year for $100 or less? That's a good question. Mm -mm -mm. It's got to be probably a pair of J. Crew pants that I got on sale recently in New York. <laughs> I was at the for media, and I was pretty stoked to get them. They're pretty awesome. That's awesome. What is uh, what's the top book you're recommending right now or giving out? Okay, so this is fun. I pulled this book off my shelf after several years, and I, I did an interview on it with Poe Bronson, who wrote the book, What Should I Do With My Life?, which was his runaway bestseller. And he co-authored this book with Ashley Merriman. And here's, this is the title, and then I'll tell you why I'm so crazy love with it. It's called Top Dog, The Science of Winning and Losing. So with the Ken Coleman Show now, I, I'm like reading psychology studies and all this kind of stuff all the time because it's a big part of what I'm helping people with. And this book is so good. I'm rereading it. And I, so that would be something I recommend because here's what's cool about it. It really breaks down the science between underdogs and why they can sometimes knock off, like in the sports world, how like the crazy underdog can somehow beat this team that's so heavily favored. But it goes way deeper than that. And it really is about comp competition mm -hmm. and how important competition is. Again, forget sports for a moment, but just the spirit of competition, how important it is in winning in life. It's really fascinating stuff. Wow. Well, I will uh, buy that right after this interview. Thank uh, it's you. great, dude. You will absolutely thank me for that. That's awesome. Uh, favorite podcast that you've listened to? Favorite podcast that I listen to? Uh, you know what? It's Colin Coward. The herd. I, I'm a sports maniac. I love sports. So when I'm on the, uh, I'm on the treadmill or the stationary bike, I listen to him because I listen to so much other stuff 
on other times. So that's my guilty pleasure because he's very thoughtful. He's actually a world-class communicator Mm -hmm. and he comes at sports very different. I think he's the thinking man sports host and I find him to be uh, really, really enjoyable to listen to. So that's probably my favorite podcast. I love that. Well, hey, we're about out of time. So I'll just leave it really open-ended. Anything you want to leave our listeners with today about leadership, life, or anything else? Well, I'll tell you, um, the thing I think about every day and I try to communicate every day to people is that there's absolutely zero question in my mind that we were all created to do something very, very specific. And it is not this gigantic mystery that a few lucky people in life stumble upon. It's there for all of us and it's within us. And the sweet spot analogy that I use so much that was given to me by my mentor in my 20s is so rich and so profound and it bears repeating and it drives home what I'm saying. And that is, is that your sweet spot exists at the intersection of your great talent and great passion, meaning you use your top skills, your top talents to perform the work that gives you joy, that matters most to you. And when you can do that, you will achieve something greater than success. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm getting a little fed up with all the self-help stuff I'm seeing and hearing where it's all about your awesomeness and your greatness. I'm going to tell you something. If you're pursuing greatness, it better be as a craftsman of your craft, not just I want to be great and people think that I'm great because you're on a very, very slippery slope. However, If you pursue your sweet spot and you step into it and you live it, you're going to get something greater than success and it's significance. Deep down, Doug, every one of us wants to make a difference in our life. We want to matter. And you achieve that, you'll have plenty of success. You'll have plenty of money because it'll be enough for you. And so that speaks to what's driving you. And so that's the message that I want to spend the rest of my life sharing one-on-one, one-on-ten, one-on-ten-thousand, because it's so vitally important. This world, just think for a moment, just think how great of a place this world would be if we had people walking around with that confidence every day. Uh, It's, it's paradise. I mean, it's just nuts. It's, 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 it's incomprehensible because it's so crazy to assume and to think that that could happen. But uh, one person at a time, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that message with me today and everyone that will listen to this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with Ken Coleman. You can find ways to connect with Ken and links to everything that we discussed in the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 182. You can also listen to part one of our interview if you haven't already in episode 181, and I'd highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's fantastic, and uh, Ken just has so much wisdom. As always, I want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They are a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. My wife, Laura, and I got our engagement and wedding rings through Henny Jewelers, and we just think they're an incredible organization. Not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people. Every couple that comes in and gets engaged, they actually give them a book to help them prepare for their marriage, and uh, my wife and I just love that. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out hennyjewelers.com. 
As always, if this podcast added value to your life and you enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a rating and review. That really does help us grow our audience, so thank you for that. And thanks for being a listener. I never take any of you for granted, so thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you want to stay up to date with everything we're doing here at L3 Leadership, you can simply go to our website and sign up for our email list at l3leadership.org. As always, I like to end with a quote. I quote Gerald Brooks often, and I'll do it again today. He said this, he said, as you're starting out in life, the question is, do you have talent? However, later in life, the question becomes, do you have discipline? I love that. Thanks for listening and being a part of L3 Leadership. Laura and I appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you next episode. (music)